Welcome to Deep Drinks Podcast, where the drinks are deep and the conversations are deeper. Welcome everyone to Deep Drinks Podcast. My name is Dave uh, and today we have a very special episode. I'm actually more excited than I have been for a long time to talk to um, the guests because it's going to be an adventure into Islam um, and I guess the problems with Islam. Um, and I don't know much about Islam so I'm very excited to learn about it. First of all, I said to Nurel, I was like, look, I, I don't know if I can do three in the morning. And she's like, I don't care. And she just yelled at me um, and said that we're doing it at three in the morning. I was like, oh, all right, whatever. No, she didn't really. Uh, I had to convince her to do it this time. But anyway, Nura Khan is a human rights activist and ex-Muslim who is the brainchild behind Holy Humanist, a YouTube channel um, that, it, uh, that is guided by the mantra, driven by intellectual honesty. I, I love that mantra. Uh, Nuria promotes uh, conversations about Islam and human rights with a strong emphasis on women's rights. Welcome, Nuria Khan. Holy Thank humanist. you so much, David. It's a pleasure to be here. And no, I definitely did not shout at him to do this at 3am. I was actually so worried. I'm like, ironically, it's a very ungodly hour to be up. But as you said, it's it's 5pm somewhere, right, David? Yeah, exactly. Five o'clock yeah, somewhere. Exactly. You can't, it's fine to day drink in Australia too. So that's, um, that's a um, great thing. Binge, Thank binge you, drinking is also a massive problem we have here. So cheers yeah, to that, awesome. David. Yeah, cheers, cheers. We, um, what are we both drinking today? So, I know I initially told you I, I would probably be having a glass of white wine on a Friday evening, but then this Spanish, the Rioja, caught my eye and I couldn't resist. So, yeah. Uh, awesome. Yeah, I got uh, my, this was in the fridge. It's a chilled red wine. So, Ooh. yeah, it's pretty nice. So, oh, yeah, lovely. I'm stoked. This is is the it on the sweeter time. side or is it? Is it, quite... it is It is a bit sweet, yeah. Okay. Um, which I wasn't expecting. I was like, oh, that's, that's interesting. Um, <laughs> Yeah, but, well, I'm excited um, for the for your wine to kick in, and hopefully it will. Yeah. I'll uh, my buzz is going, and I'll start. I'll start being even more un uh, uncomprehensible. Is that a word? Uncomprehensible. Incomprehensible. Oh, yeah. Incomprehensible. <laughs> I think uh, it's kicking yeah. in. <laughs> yeah, it is definitely kicking in. Um, I'm I'm bad at the worst times. I used to say Camembert. Yeah. And and uh, Grand Prix. Like, oh my god, David. Legitimately, like I was really bad. Oh um, no. Cool. Uh, so, <laughs> we're not here to talk about me and my my <laughs> really bad uh, speaking skills, but we're here to talk about you. And so, you're an ex-Muslim. So that's that's an interesting that's clickbait right there. So, mm -hmm. can you tell us a little bit about like growing up Islamic and like, yeah, sure. Give us a little bit of your journey. Yeah. So I basically grew up in well in England, and um, it was kind of like the usual like immigrant Pakistani extended family setting. Um, so naturally, you're, I'm, I was living with my grandparents as well, and they're obviously a lot more on the conservative and religious side. Um, and then my parents were kind of born and brought up here, so they were like first generation, like having the full on British experience. So Islam was always like a massive I, like piece of our identity growing up. And as um, I was the firstborn, and my grandfather was like the imam of the local mosque, I naturally took such an interest in Islam anyway. Um, from you know, from the second you're born into Islam anyway, like as a newborn baby, the very first thing is that they whisper. The, the call to prayer in your ear. So basically it's an expression in Islam where your entire life is between that call to prayer and your um, funeral prayer being read. So that's your entire oh, life is wow. between that. Yeah, it's crazy. 
Um, so yeah, so obviously you, you're taught that Islam is like the only way and the right way. So after school, it was just like completely assumed that every day I'd go to mosque and attend Quran classes. And that's effectively where I had my first like real encounter with Islam and we were reading the Quran in Arabic. Um, that was actually quite good of them because that was the only time in my life where as we were reading it in Arabic, they'd given us a small green book with English translations. But again, it was like in proper like Shakespearean English. You know what I mean? So it was very yeah. like I tried to decipher it even then. I was nine years old by the time I was like heavily going to these um, Quran classes at the mosque. Mm -hmm. And and then again, like because my, my Quran teacher and all the, the girls and the women that would come there were all covered as and they wore hijab. Uh, I realized that this is a massive tenant of Islam for women. So I decided like, oh, I also want to go to heaven. And like, I definitely want to abide by Allah's, you know, commands. So mm. I decided to put it on, um, even though nobody in my actual household uh, wore hijab, which again, as a child, really weirded me out because I know a lot of people, and we, we can talk about what's happening recently as well and world, world developments with the hijab, but most people's story is that, you know, they're pressured to put it on. I was weirded mm. out because I was pressured, to, like when I was, was like trying to put it on and say, you know, this is a choice that I've actually made for myself. If, if Allah wants it, I want to go to heaven. Therefore, I want to be a good Muslim woman and do what I'm supposed to do. I'm of that age now. Nine is a very special age in Islam for a Muslim woman. Mm. Um, so, yeah, they were like, are you sure? But are you sure? And then later on, as I progressed, I was really into sports and I started playing football and it just became a nightmare. But they were actually so happy when I took it off. And obviously there's un there's underlying cultural nuances within that. Like my grandmother wanted me to have more marriage options. So she didn't want me to limit myself to somebody very conservative. So it's not really, it's, it wasn't really driven for like, you know, this is not like a free and fair choice she's made by herself. Like this is, you yeah. know, it's an, a tool of oppression. It was more like, oh, is she going to get enough suitors? <laughs> yeah, that's amazing. Um, I remember having a similar experience where I asked my mum in my teenage years. Um, my family's so open; we talk about sex and everything. Like it's totally okay. Oh, wow! And um, and I said, I said, mum, I said, um, I was you know religious, and I said, mum, doesn't you know, does the doesn't is it a sin to have sex before marriage? And she says, um, she goes, well, mm, yeah, kind of, but yeah, it is, but um, but you know, like you can do other stuff. Like there's not you don't just have to have sex. And I was like, but isn't that still sex? And she's like, uh yeah like yeah. and i'm like and i'm thinking to myself like wait is it or not like i want to i want to go to heaven like i want to i want to make the right i want to worship and honor god with my life like i don't you know and i was a christian um just for anyone who doesn't know and um i remember being just so perplexed why why my mom and why many people in my life would water down what the bible says but then in the next breath say it's the inspired perfect word of god and it was like what, it's like, so funny how, how lenient yeah. everyone's individual God is, right? Like yeah. when it comes down to it, which is which makes so much sense to me now because I think about it and I'm like, wow, everybody's view or version of their God is so like, it, it aligns so much with their personality and their tendencies. And, you know, like genuinely mm. I've seen that. And, and again, in Islam, I see this all the time. I, I promise you my grandmother and my mother vis-a-vis -vis my, everybody around me has their own version of Islam. <laughs> Oh, that's amazing. Um, do you, before we go any further, do you, uh, I've got a recommended version of the Quran, but I've only read the Quran once. Do you have a recommended reading for anyone who um, uh, wants to read the Quran, maybe for any reason? I, I know that we're not going to be very pro pro um, Quran, pro Islam in this discussion, but uh, do you have any uh, a preferred English translation? 
Oh, I definitely have a preferred Quran for sure. I was just going to grab it, but it's over there. I yeah, wish I could show. Go grab it. It's, it's called the Woman's Quran, and it's basically okay. empty. So <laughs> that's that's the whole. Oh, that's that's so good. That's yeah, it's so, good. so funny, and the, it's literally the quickest read. And the first page says that this book is empty because the Quran is one of the biggest obstacles to women's emancipation. And I and I, you know, wholeheartedly agree with that. And you should see some of the things that my friends have filled it up with. It's it's not pleasant. Oh, okay, okay, that's amazing. <laughs> I. Yeah, I, I love I love that you've gone like you're a full you're a badass like you've gone full like yeah you, you know um, uh, human rights activist uh, women's rights activist like I love it that you've just gone full like no fuck you like sorry for swearing apologize yeah. for swearing but going like no taking a huge stand against that um, yeah have you no, heard sorry, of, um, sorry though David just to actually yeah. answer your question on a more serious note um, for me again when I when I started to try and read the Quran in English again in my book in my house it was some you know, some that we had the a Mohsen Khan translation with, it, which I think he is from Pakistan, and that's quite a famous translation. But again, a lot of it for I was I was still a teenager at the time. A lot of it was going over my head. What I found mm -hmm. is when I actually went to Quran.com, which is literally at our fingertips. If you go to that mm -hmm. and then you look at the, the, I think it's James Pickett Hall translations are usually quite blunt and and as organic as they can be because what we're seeing now, even on Quran.com and Sunnah.com, which is the home for like the the main hadiths, the the hadiths that have all passed like whatever um, criteria they have to be graded and the Sunnis technically should believe in them. What we're seeing now is as time's progressing and even videos that we've made a year ago, now the Hadiths have like these new brackets inserted and it's all trying to be like watered down and they're trying to make it a bit more palatable because there's some very damning things in there, obviously. But I would genuinely say go to Quran.com and if you are reading it, uh, flick through a few translations just so you can get the nuances of the, the verses because some of them have completely taken the, the leniency path and changed things from like, do not take Jews and Christians as friends and greet them and completely changed it to like, do not take them as sponsors. And it's like a sponsor, yeah. or like, no, yeah. just, be, yeah. So, so be careful with that. But I would say cross check a few, but Quran.com honestly is verified and it helped me get out. <laughs> I just, I took it okay. for, at face value. Yeah. Oh, wow. That's, that's great. Um, the, the translation that I read and, and I read this, I listened to the audio version. Um, cause I tried to read like a version I picked up in like a, Plane, uh, a um, airport bookstore, and it was horrible to read. But I got this this one, and it was actually by uh, the King Fahd Professor of Islamic Studies in the School of Oriental and African Studies at the Ooh, University. Oh, that's of my university. That's where I went. Oh, really? Yeah, uh, Muhammad yeah, yeah. Abdel Halam. Mm. Uh, he wrote he wrote this this one, and it's um it was actually it's a really beautiful book, and it's a really and it's actually really beautifully written in some spots. Some parts made me. Uh, wanna, don't fall for it, David. Like, don't fall for it. Don't, don't trust me. I'm not falling for Islam. <laughs> okay, oh, we're no, easy tonight. But I, but I have like a deep. Oh my, that was funny. I have a deep respect for religion, but only because I don't think it's true. I think that right. religion is beautiful as long as you don't think it's true. It's like. <laughs> It's like when you when you see a, a toddler walking, like you're like, wow, like good on them, they're walking. It's like humanity's first steps at like trying to understand the cosmos. But it's like you wouldn't ever go put that toddler in like a race with like an athlete. Like they would just, you know, we've, brought, we've come so much further. So I look back and I'm like, wow, this is interesting history. And wow, people used to be this barbaric. Wow, that's crazy. Oh, that's that's a beautiful thought. Like 
not not i don't think it's true but yeah <laughs> anyway yeah, yeah yeah no it's it's a great insight into like our psyche as well at that uh, you mm. know in whatever respective time period and context and and geographical location yeah so um so back to your story what branch of islam were you were you in i know there's like sunni and shia are the main two sects what were you in I was Sunni Muslim. Um, so even if you were to ask like Pakistanis uh, within Sunni Islam, there's like different sects in Pakistan, especially like they're called Diobundis, Bareilvis, a bunch of other ones. And I always like when I speak in that to that crowd of people, I'm like, oh, my God, I didn't even know which one I was. But apparently a lot of people don't. So I am I was from like the most mainstream Sunni version of islam oh, okay. basically yeah okay so it, it, in that just for people it, it's basically like you take obviously what well, every muslim needs to believe that the quran is the literal word of god but the hadiths that i was referring to basically the the telephone game of <laughs> 1400 years ago is uh is like compiled into uh two major hadith collections and they are on sunnah.com and most sunni muslims also take so the Quran is the example, but also the Hadith is what's to be followed because that's following the example of the Prophet. Okay, interesting. So, would you say? Do you know anything about Christianity uh, at all? I do. Um, not nowhere near in depth you, as yours, but yeah. Were, were you like a like? If do you know any hills? Like, do you know any churches? Like, were you like a? Were you like the Hillsong of Islam? Was your sect the, the, the Hillsong of Islam? Or was it like the Bethel of Islam? Like, do you know, or was it like the, the Catholic of Islam? Like, which which sect would... Oh, 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 uh, the, the, the majority, the, the main one. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Like, okay. like, yeah, definitely. The, the one that everyone's like, yeah, okay, they're not like extreme, extreme. they're kind of in, like, they're, yeah, that's... The like, one that has everyone. the most numbers anyway. There are yeah. more, more, more Sunni Muslims, yeah, than any others. Because even in, there's only certain countries that have majority Shia populations. I think Iraq, Bahrain, Lebanon, maybe that's about it. Like in Saudi Arabia, uh, where I grew up, you can't like my my school friends that were Shia. You you actually can tell from some of their last names, but they would never disclose the fact that they were Shia because they're actually persecuted in Saudi Arabia. So they actually oh, go right. and pray more underground because you can tell distinctly that the prayer style is different. So Sunni Muslims would pray with their hands here, whereas Shia Muslims put them down by your side. So they would actually be like singled out in Saudi Arabia. So ah. they'd come up with their own. Yeah. Wow, that's interesting. Yeah. I know so little about um, Islam, and this is so. This is all interesting. I'm oh, okay with up, this David. <laughs> yeah. So, when did you realize Islam was a problem? Oh wow! Um, I realized. So, I I left the UAE because I was living there at the time, and I mm. escaped from like a crazy situation. But when I came back to the UK, I think in 2017 it was. Um, then I really started like doing my own research and being like, no, 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 wait, let me see if this checks out. Like how would the, you know, I basically, I was on a mission to defend my faith from what I had experienced in the UAE, uh, because they had actually tried to like kidnap me in a sense and like keep me hostage. Yeah. Yeah. Can you go into that? That to me, that yeah, yeah, is sure. profound. Like I, I could imagine that would happen in like north korea or something but i didn't i didn't realize like dubai it would be like this you know oh yeah uh, you and me both um yeah so just just for your viewers basically i was um i was living in the uae and 
I got married when I was quite young and then like very quickly the marriage fell apart it just there was like a lot of abuse there which first of all I had no idea about abuse or like how it manifests and what kinds mm. of abuse there are so that was a huge learning curve when I finally like realized oh my goodness this is this is what's happening to me this is why I'm like turning into a, a like a, a shell of my former self this is why I'm having mm. to watch TED talks um but basically it, I was married Islamically so um in and obviously if you haven't added that clause into your marriage contract in Islam that you are able to have the right to divorce through courts by default you're not women are not given the right to divorce in Islam so um in wanting to pursue a divorce obviously if the other party does not want to let you go or they don't want to grant you the divorce um you like t- technically there's a, a c- certain Muslim countries have progressed and they've got this thing called a khulla which happens in Tunisia which you can get in Pakistan and that effectively gives the woman the right to go through the courts and say I want a divorce and usually it is granted um but again if somebody is even more like bitter and you know conniving um which is what my ex-partner did he basically employed a lawyer and they you they picked up some ancient archaic sharia law um which all comes back to the obedience of a pious woman and obviously a pious wife so this law states that any woman who you fear disobedience from uh or if you fear that she's going to leave the home or whatever there is uh, it's called ta'azawjia in arabic and it's still talked about more in, in egyptian circles and they've done entire like fatwas and discussions and stuff on it um but when this police officer in the uae called me up and said we've got this order for ta'azawjia on you and i was like sorry i have no idea what you're on about mate like can you explain mm. what that means to me and then he basically said like we would uh, you need to go back to your husband's house and return there and you cannot leave without his permission if if you don't go back by this time and date we will arrest you and forcibly take you back so with like me so, obviously yeah the, so you, you so you you broke up with your um well you left your husband because he was abusive right and so you're trying to like stay away from your abuser essentially exactly and and the police told you you had to go back to your husband yeah and the police who basically like i mean for the longest time i had been going to the station and reporting because i had i had moved bear in mind i'd moved back into like uh, the house with my parents i'd got a new job i'd essentially like moved on with my life and i'd filed for the divorce to be initiated um but then i obviously like found out that he had been following me from work and back and showing up at my workplace or events that i was at after work and my friends had spotted him or whatever so i had gone to the police many a time and said like I'm being stalked and harassed and somebody's constantly watching my window and and they didn't take any of that seriously at all like to the point where I went as such a good respectful muslim woman like I went in a baya you know and they actually are even more like toxic and misogynistic they would just keep me there in a room with them for like hours and just have like baseless discussions and then their colleague would come and sit with me and talk about how and I was just I mean it was such a demeaning demoralizing process to have to go through that like for weeks on end and I'm telling them about like serious issues and safety concerns and they've got like the arabic like miswak which the prophet used to clean his teeth with and they're just like but why like why would he do that and they're just not concerned at all to the point where when it got very very serious I had to call the emergency number for British expats in Dubai because I was like these people aren't ensuring my safety um and the amount of things that he was doing I knew that there's incidents in Dubai where 
you know, if, if he's paid them off enough, because he was really lurking around my area and he'd kind of paid off all those police officers. And if you do that enough and you hand over your passport to them, you can just end up as a number on their system. And so, yeah, they, they, they like the police in Dubai are not allowed to contact women or harass them after like 10 p.m. They would call me at like 10, 11 p.m. at night and just order me to come to the, the police station and give over my passport. And I was like, no, it's 10 p.m. I'm not legally obligated as a woman to come to a police station. They came to my house as well. They tried to catch me there and try to take me again in the middle of the night. And I used the Islamic laws on them. And I said, well, my father, who's my, in Islam, you have to have a mehram or a guardian always mm -hmm. because you're not your own, you don't have agency as a woman, right? So it's either, yeah. I've, now I've gone back from my husband, so I'm with my father. So he was actually away from the country on business. And I said, you cannot take me and forcibly remove me from my house without my guardian knowing. And then I also said, if you're going to take me right now, let me call the British embassy because I need them to know that you've taken me. And then they were like, okay, okay, no, like you can come tomorrow. And so that, and also they did, they bought four male police officers, which is what you usually do when you're trying to charge somebody with like adultery or something so heinous like that, that, that you have to trap them in your country. So they were trying mm. to charge me with that. And again, I flipped the Islamic law on them because I'd lived in the UAE for a couple of years. Um, and my friends and I would discuss the fact that you know, I used to think the UAE was so good and used to protect women. So I knew for a fact that if if policemen are coming to your house after 6 p.m., you're not legally obligated to go to the station with them in their vehicle if there's not a police woman officer present. And there wasn't because they were trying to like catch me in a in a like in a thing for adultery or whatever. Because again, my window was being watched. So one day when I had lot friends over, they were like, "Let's take one and let's get him in the back of a car and let's get her in the back of a car." And I said, "Sorry, you've not got a police woman officer. I'm not coming." Whoa. So between saying the yeah, it was madness. That is just like and and so it. So was your ex-husband, do you think he was trying to pay these police officers off? Or do you think that they were just upset that that you were trying to divorce someone? Or like, what? why are they putting in so much effort into trying to ruin your life as it appears? Yeah, I know that that's a great question. It's, I think it's a combination of both, um, first and foremost. So there was like also some serious underlying mental health issues there that I eventually like realized, right? That's what you, you realize when you're living with somebody day in, day out, you realize that their behavior has completely changed. So what was all of it in, to begin with? Was it a mask? Was it a front? Mm. But once, once that kind of it starts to crumble before your eyes. And then I realized like trying to approach his own family to say, hey, this is what I'm noticing and this is what I'm seeing. Are you guys aware of this? But when I realized the reaction from them when I told them was not like, oh my God, like what's going on with our son or our brother? It was more like a reaction of, oh shit, she's clocked or like she knows. Oh no. That's when I was like, I am up against, I don't know what here. And you know, like, yeah. So it was, uh, and so you, you, that that drives a lot of things. Like, trust me, Islam is again. I I was still a Muslim through all of this, but the things they were doing because I had to go to like Islamic marriage counseling before you can get a divorce. And he would say things like, "She's possessed with like a there's like a jinn inside me. A jinn is like mm. an Islamic demon, and like she needs exorcisms because she wants a divorce. She's not thinking straight." And I'm like, "Oh my!" And then the 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 counselor would say like how much how many times a day do you pray you need to pray together, and then his family when I'd obviously moved back to my own home with my parents, I'd wake up to like potions of what is like done in Islam, which is one of the biggest sins, but like black magic, like just concoctions of crap, like weird shit, like weird weird shit, 
And like, yeah, I'd just be woken oh. up to seeing that outside my villa. Like I had a little dog. There was some weird, like creepy things. Like it was just, yeah, it, it was horrible. Wow. That's so, it's so bizarre to me. Um, well, so did you, so I guess the black magic didn't work because you're still, <laughs> you're gonna, well, David, um, I actually stepped around it as opposed to over oh, it. Okay. My Uber yeah. to get to work. So maybe, yeah, so but technically it should still have had the desired effect. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, Guess that's not. weird. So this is more debunking <laughs> black magic than anything. Um, <laughs> exactly. Well, I got so... out and I got a divorce and I'm sitting here talking to you today, so <laughs> yeah. it clearly it doesn't work. <laughs> yeah. Um, praise and Neil there, there were some weird things in there. Yeah, David, there was literally <laughs> like, there was like fish eyeballs and like weird, weird things, like weird mm. ingredients that you have to source to come up with mm. this stuff. That's crazy. That's so, that's so weird. I, I, I um... I, I want to talk to some people who've done black magic because to me it like it's it, it's uh it's super interesting like they, they do some like really weird like cat's bones and like just random like it's yeah, like yeah, what yeah. you imagine like a um nail clippings like, weird shit <laughs> like a really dark um like a really dark five-year-old come up with like some like really messed up five-year-old it's like what's it what's what let's do a potion and he's like okay you need a rainy day and you need a um you know nail, I always nail think clippings of, and you yeah, like, you know, I always uh, get reminded of, like, the witches in Macbeth, you know, and they're like, do, what was it, something, something, toil and trouble, and they're, like, mixing the oh, potion. I, I do, oh, yeah, that's, that's <laughs> funny. Um, so, so were they, so were they court appointed, or not court appointed, but, like, law appointed marriage counsellors that you had to yes, go through? official ones, yes, exactly. So before they even file your application for divorce in the courts, they say, well, let's have some little counseling and lo and behold it's the most like pious or outwardly looking pious misogynistic man there trying to tell you that your abuse and everything you go through is just you know what you could still have go go and pray with him and then have a coffee like a cup of coffee in public like trying to say I do not even want to look into the eyes of this person anymore like are you hearing me when I say me thing is over there like things like mental health and personality disorders, they would literally, like, they don't understand me saying that to them. They are believing his stance more when he's saying she's possessed, therefore she wants a divorce. Like, they have no idea what borderline personality disorder is or how mm. I'm about to go and start explaining it to them, right? Um, mm. And again, just on a, on a, a quick note, um, because you are Muslim, by your name and whatever, your default law that you have to follow there is Sharia. If you are Muslim, like you can, you can then request to follow English law. So that was my backup plan was to say, obviously I want to implement English law in this state because at least English law recognizes mental health and obviously abuse and things like, yeah, I mean, <laughs> I work so, in that sector now here and I just see how completely vastly different the approach is here. We're always oh. trying to safeguard the victim and there it's like, you're crazy because you want to leave your husband and we're going to make it hell for you to do so. Yeah, right. That's so is Sharia. So is Sharia law different around the world or is it just one blanket thing? Um, so technically like Sharia has certain prescriptions, like obviously for like, you know, adultery and, um thievery and stuff like there's am amputations and lashings and all of that but obviously the way it manifests in each individual country depends respectively on the country's history and their like you know their relationship with islam mm. over the years so like in pakistan it was uh, the constitution and everything was a lot more secular and then 
we had this dictator come in, Zia al-Haq, and he actually bought like the, we call them hadood, like the most strictest Sharia punishments, which are include, like, which include amputations and beheadings and things like that. He actually bought that into law and made it part of the constitution. And therefore like the blasphemy law and all these things kind of like turned up a notch. In countries like Tunisia as well, Egypt, for example, where the law came out from where the one they put on me, the Daz Algia, that is very much still discussed in Egyptian circles. But countries like Tunisia and Lebanon and places have completely progressed beyond that. Um, so it wouldn't exist. My shock was thinking and falling for the fast that Dubai was this crazy modern progressive wanting to attract Western tourists and Western investment Um kind of model so they would uh, you know like as a muslim woman because dubai the crime rate's low um you don't really get sexually harassed and things like that you, it really doesn't happen you live a really good life as an expat there uh so in your bubble of being a muslim woman you think oh they're so nice like they like even the police officers the fact that they can't take you like i used to big that up is that so good of them uh mm. I, it was just it was just a matter of time when i actually had to use that to like ensure my safety and freedom but yeah so it manifests quite differently in every country depending on on where they're trying to go uh that they're also their case law and precedent and and like what like some women have india for example triple talaq which is guaranteed in islam for men it's actually like it, it's there it's codified a man just needs to say the word divorce i divorce you i divorce you i divorce you three times and technically islamically you are divorced or there's something akin to that as well if you say to your wife like oh you remind me of my you're the back of you looks like my mother or something she's also immediately divorced like there's these weird Wait, things what? that's so bizarre <laughs> i know that's... it's so weird but yes yeah, so, so yeah so india then now has abolished triple talaq so that can't happen but if you are a believer, the, this is the point I'm trying to make here. Like, for example, even in my situation, because it was abusive, like a Muslim man can like say, like pronounce two of those divorces and then leave you hanging on the third one. But if you genuinely believe in this faith, like when he pronounced the third one, even then he's like, oh, that was a joke. In my heart of hearts, I thought to myself, in God's eyes, we're not married anymore. Uh, like it's just, it's, it's not. But yeah, so, so that's wow. obviously a, a thing that, that exists. Okay, this is, yeah, this is super interesting. And I've just repositioned myself in the chair. You can tell I've gotten a bit tipsy now. Um, so I'm going to yeah. start ranting. Right. Um, how much of this, so I have, um, one of my best friends is is Muslim. Um, but we, it, it's, it's fun to call her a best friend because we kind of like, we became friends online and we like chat all the time. Um, she, she's not, uh, but so when we talk about like um, these things, we talk about, um, you know, cultural differences rather than um, Quranic differences. Um, and the thing that I have always noticed that I think Islam has a specific problem with is Islam makes the decree that the Quran is explicitly from God, perfect. Like it's not, it's not written down essentially by man. It's, it's like word for word, exactly what God said. Where the Bible, um, the, the Torah, um, the Bhagavad Gita, they don't have those problems. Um, and I sometimes wonder if if that one thing is what has stopped um, Islam from progressing um, like the other religions tend to have. Because like, and just to, just to I'm just going to read a little section of the Bible I carried through ministry college. Um, so just to Ooh, give you a taste of fun. What, Please, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, so this was one of the scriptures that 
I read during, I read to someone like a, a someone in my church and said like, um, um, this is causing a song because this is a new Testament scripture, meaning that it's the new covenant. It's instructions from Paul. It's right up next to like all the other stuff that Christians like to quote. Um, um, and so these are instructions on worship. One Timothy two verses, and we'll start uh, at verse eight. I want men everywhere to lift up holy hands in prayer without anger or disputing. So that's the man part. Now this is the woman's part. I also want women to dress modestly and with decency and propriety, not with braided hair or gold or pearls or expensive clothes, but with good deeds appropriate for women who profess to worship God. Now this is where it gets messy. A woman should learn, um, should learn in quietness and full submission. I do not permit a woman to teach or to have authority over a man. She must be silent. For Adam was formed first, then Eve. And Adam was not the one who was deceived. It was the woman who was deceived and became a sinner. But women will be saved through childbearing if they continue in faith, love, holiness, and propriety. David, you're making my ears bleed. No, 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 to all of the above. No, just no. <laughs> I, I know, really so... have serious beef with the Abrahamic God, honestly. He's so anti-women. Like, what is yeah. wrong with you? Why create us, honestly? I know, it's it's bizarre, hey. But this something like this is dismissed by Christians, and they'll say, well, that was for a time, um, you know. I, I still hate, you know, they still hate the gays. That's not for a time. But exactly. They hate you know, they but they, hate abortion. But this, That's not fair time. They, yeah, they, but yeah, exactly. Even though there's explicit instructions in the Bible to murder infants. Um, yeah, true. Of exactly. nations. Yes. Um, but it's uh, and they're li they're alive infants too. They're not even ones that are in the womb. Yeah, it's um, infanticide. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but this this one is dismissed all the time. Like you know, you got you got Christian um, women pastors and things like that. Um, and I and I wonder like why can't Islam have because why can't Islam have the same thing? Why can't Islam, why can't Muslims be just as hypocritical as most Christians? In fact, I think they are, to be honest. I think most they Muslims are, yeah, around yeah. the world are just as hypocritical as most Christians. But why, why can't they, why can't there be a um, reformation of Islam? Do you think it's possible? Well, honestly, I think you really hit the nail on the head where you said it because of the very fundamental claim of Islam, which is that the Quran is the literal word of God, like verbatim, these are God's words. So how do you go about reforming God's words? And even if you were trying to reform God's words, surely the first question that pops into mind is that God's words are meant to be infallible. So how am I, mm. a simple human being, here trying to um, like edit God's words? Like, I'm a, who, who am I? Um, yeah. But again, that, that it, it's even like the amount of exegesis they've had to do on every single Quran verse to try and make sense of it. And some of them are complete mysteries to them still. Like there's certain parts of the Quran. There's one bit that says Alif Lam Mim. And when you when you recite it, you just say like Alif Lam Mim for the longest time. And nobody knows what that's referring to. Like it's, it's even um, the exegesis of it is just... We're, and then, and now the theor now theories are coming out, which make a lot more sense. Um, which takes a whole nother turn into like mantras and magic and masonry at the time. And yeah, that that's a whole nother episode in itself. But um, yeah, I think uh, ex exactly. Um, my views on Islam reforming are very similar to yours. What I think is happening is that Muslims, as people, are reforming. 
um, because they're having to keep up with modern times. And the ones mm. that live in the West, especially, um, are kind of forced to integrate on certain things now. You can't be seen really in certain circles to still be homophobic because your Allah says you should be. Like, you have got to look that gay couple in the eye and give them the same respect that you would give to any other human being, regardless of what you're thinking mm. inside, like, even if that's the case. But I do think that Muslims are going to slowly become more progressive and tolerant. I just don't think the scripture has any leeway for you to do that because the second you start to dispense of the scripture it calls into question the entire fundamental existence of islam and its very claims that it makes for itself i mean if you told me when i was a believing muslim that you need to change the quran or we need to just not believe in certain parts of it or by the way that bit sucks let's get rid of that <laughs> i would be like who do you think you are and if that's the case then i need to seriously consider whether this allies who i think he is mm. If we as humans are coming up with better stuff, then there's a problem. Yeah, and I don't know if you have this in Islam, but in Christianity, it's like God's ways are above our ways. You know, like it's like it's just just dismisses it all. Or man's wisdom is folly to the Lord, and it's like you you can't really you can't really win. Yeah, exactly. So so, so why would you want to uh, insert man's infallibility over what is meant to be the most perfect word mm. of God anyway, right? Uh, but yeah, we exactly yeah. the same thing. We have the same concept. Like every Muslims throw this in everywhere. Like a God works in mysterious ways. It's all part of God's bigger plan. And humans are created dumb. Like we're not privy to certain information that God knows. So the Quran itself like deters you from thinking about the afterlife and um sorry, death and things like that. It says, oh, like matters of the soul. Uh, I'm, it's, I'm not saying it how it exactly how it's written, but I'm, I'm, I'm just paraphrasing. But it <laughs> yeah. says matters of the soul are basically beyond human comprehension. So leave it to God. Um, mm -hmm. And that's the kind of thing to just nip any critical yeah. thinking in the bud. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I, I love what you said, by the way. I just have to bring it up again. I love how you say um, on your YouTube channel, but, um, I'm, I had it written down before, but um driven by intellectual honesty. driven by intellectual honesty it's so good because i remember uh the big thing a big thing for me um coming to terms with um christianity was realizing that that every one of my christian teachers and family and friends and stuff weren't being intellectually honest when i brought them like tough questions they were being and it's fine if they didn't have the answer I probably would, I might even still be a Christian. Oh, probably not. Yeah. But it would, <laughs> have, it would, have, taken a, it would have taken a lot longer. Yeah. But it's like, it's, it's, um, it was the intellectual dishonesty. It was the, it was the, it was me going, this doesn't really feel right. It doesn't really make sense. This is really uncomfortable for me. Um, and then people were just wanting to dismiss it, like wanting to be like, oh, God, God's ways are above our ways, or, um, yeah, that's man's sin, man's sin enter the world. So this is why you're having, you know, and, and I love that you just put it like that, you know? Um, well, yeah, because honestly, David, I, I love that you've actually touched on this because I don't think I've I've actually talked about this with anybody um, as to why that was the first thing that came to my mind when I was like, okay, mm. let me actually start speaking about Islam because it's so problematic. Um, mm. The only reason I was able to get out because I look at my peers and people around me and my friends and they're, they're educated to the same degree that I am, right? My parents are very well educated. Like, Everybody around me is, it must have these thoughts, but the 
only reason I was able to actually get out is because I followed those signs from what I read in the Quran, then I verified with the Hadith, and I looked into the Prophet's life, then I like mm. kind of put everything together, then I searched it online myself, I watched videos from both sides, and I was literally just letting my mind do its thing, but I was following the evidence, and I wasn't burying my yes. head in the sand. For the yes. first time when I saw something, I, I for the first time, gave had an adult conversation with myself and i said nuria you're going to read this book you're not going to read it like you tried to read it as a teenager or you you thought it was like the most amazing thing like it's almost too sacred to even touch when you're a child you without all the bias of this being like i used to sit there as a teenager and be like when i'd open the quran i'd be like god is talking to me now i'm about to converse with yeah. god but when I actually yeah. went through that stuff in Dubai and I came back and I'm like, literally with a legal mind, I'm like, how did they put this law on me? And I was like, oh my God, it that's so clever. Legally, I got you too. Like that works, that checks out. I'd have a hard time defending it. Yeah. And then I was like, no, how? Again, back to the thing being the Quran is unspoiled, untouched by man, supposedly, according to Islamic theology. So for me, when I saw that in the Quran, when I saw wife beating was sanctioned, when I saw the treatment of women, it was such a big red flag because I was like, Allah hates me. Allah hates my kind. <laughs> Literally. Yeah. The guy yeah. hates me. Like, why create me? Why should I bow down to you when you're saying my worth is less than this man next to me? Like, I, yeah. are you for real? Does the, does the Quran or does Islam have a literal, like, monetary value of worth less? Because I know in, in Judaism and Christianity, women are literally worth less. Like, there's, like, if a female slave dies, it's, like, 50 shekels. If a male slave dies, it's, like, 150 shekels or something. It's, like, some number. Or or uh, if, 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 if a daughter dies versus a son dies, it's, like, literally monetarily different. <laughs> Is, is it the same for Islam? Well, David, how's this? So in a court of law, if you and I were up against each other, your testimony would be considered full. Mine would be half. So there's that. And second of all, if <laughs> Wait, is that, uh, you're, is that you're a son... A, yeah, go ahead. Is that just a culture thing or is that an No, Islam? this is Sharia. Okay. This is Sharia. A woman's oh, testimony wow. is worth okay. half of a man. And then Muhammad is so kind enough to elaborate on why that is for us. And he says it's because women are deficient in three things. Religion, intellect, and something else. Oh, pi no, religion, piety, intellect, and something else. We're, mm -hmm. we, oh, and the majority of us are in hell because we, we answer back to our husbands. So all of this is because he's saying a woman is deficient in intelligence. Therefore, you are not able to stand your ground in a court of law and have enough agency. You need another woman, lest you forget, you need to be reminded and, you know, egged on by this other woman to equal a man. And not just that, but inheritance rights as well. Um, a son gets half and then a, a woman gets like half of that. So... Yeah, it's all, oh. it's, it's, it's all over the shop. <laughs> it's all there. I um I have a similar. I think our brains must be similarly wired because I I have a, I did a similar thing to you, but my thing was young earth creationism. So I remember I remember looking at young earth creationism, finding that um oh the Bible kind of add that if you add up the dates in the Bible, it adds to the Earth being six thousand years old. What about um um oh, biology no. biology and human evolution or six thousand years old? Sorry. And um, and I was like, I'm going to research this. And I just pulled up this document. And I, I haven't opened this for a long time. But this was 2016 or 2017. And it's called The Objective Truth of Origins. 
So I don't know if you can see that. I'll probably zoom yeah. in. But it's oh, like, yeah. I, I say, in like, in order to get as close as possible to, to an objectively truthful view of reality we all live in, and for the purpose of this document, I have mentally done all that was in my power to put aside my personal spiritual, cultural, or emotional beliefs with the understanding that any truthful worldview will have evidence to reach those conclusions without my justification. So I, was, wow. I wasn't worried that, I wasn't worried about uh, it not arriving at God because I believe God was true. So I was like, I can follow the evidence where it leads. And then I went on to um, just research like papers after papers after papers after papers after papers on every subject and just link to them. Um, wow. Just so, just, so I, just so I can get to the bottom, the bottom of it. Um, because I was like, Okay, well, like let's let's really look at this. Like, if is is if human if we evolve from com a common ancestor, then obviously there'd be evidence for it, and obviously there's there will be no evidence for it. And then when I looked at it, I was like, oh, there is evidence for it. <laughs> um, I was like, oh, oh. So it's amazing what you can find out on the internet, isn't it, David? <laughs> yeah. If you go to the if you go to the right sources, but that's it's the same true. thing. What you're saying before about doubting the Quran, it's the same thing with Christianity. In that, young Earth creationists will say, you know, Jesus spoke about Adam and Eve. So if you're doubting what Jesus said and what Jesus believed, then why not doubt everything else that's in the Bible? Did Jesus really die on the cross? Like it makes, and a lot of people like Ken Ham of um, Answers in Genesis and um, stuff, they believe it's like a plot of Satan to um, to deceive the world. like deceive. Oh yeah, deceive by leaving like footprints of evolution and stuff, right? To like test our faith as well. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The devil put, or like the another one I like is the devil put, um, put the fossils there, um, yeah. to trick us. <laughs> yeah, or, and trick yeah, us. To, yeah. yeah, to see if we fell for it. My <laughs> goodness, no, but uh, also I, I really, I'm, I'm so grateful that you touched on the intellectual honesty part as well because I think when I did do that subliminally at some point, it was a little bit of a dig to be like. Let's face the facts here, because those are my first few videos as well, like all I tried to do, because I know if I could sit you down in a one to one context and I would present you with that source and you had nowhere to run or hide, you would be as literally as disgusted and like shook as I was. But all you're doing is trying to close your ears and be like, la, 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 it doesn't exist. Yeah. Like, it's just leave me be in my state, which I will. But that was the whole initial initial thing of my, my channel. I'm like mate this is purely intellectually honest here's the source what do you think because that's what i yeah. think that means yeah I, I i love what you said there like we i think we have the same brain because i love what you said there because i've literally i've had that fantasy a million times where it's like i wish i could just get this person and like lock them in a room and we we and like we're both locked in this room and we define terms and we have to we have to agree at the end of this conversation on this like we're reading the same source we're reading the same information like we, we're defining every single letter of the alphabet if we have to yes. um, and we're going to we're going to agree at the end and i'm going to find out that i'm wrong or they're going to find out that they're wrong and i, I just like i've got this like i just wish you could like do that but because of so many people they just like you have conversations with them and i'm sure you get this with muslims like they'll duck and weave you'll tell them something and they'll be like and they'll be like well what about this and they'll just move to a different subject and then just move the goalposts around like crazy and you're like well, well can we just talk about what we were talking about um yeah most definitely and for me it's like also 
when it becomes so apparent because like for me it, it's so easy like when you do you know you, you go for the low-hanging fruit in Islam especially like if it's out of the Quran because you know no matter what sect or I, I like to call it like species or breed of Islam you follow <laughs> um, what you have to the fundamental claim is that the Quran is like legitly the word of God so you can you can like dance and dilly dally around the hadiths and whatever till the cows come home but the second you say well quran 434 let's have a chat they're like oh my goodness no i just let's not have this conversation like each to each religion everyone's is their own and they literally you see the panic tactics that are ensuing because if they confront the very fact that there's something in there that might be you know it just morally reprehensible, but also uncomfortable for you as an individual living in 2022 with your mind and the way you treat your own family and your views and your morals and your politics and everything for you to think that your Allah could have screwed up that badly. That So like, I honestly, uh, just back to what you were saying as well, sometimes when a video comes out of mine and it's doing really well, like even my uh, video, my one of my first ones about feminism and Islam are just completely, that's an oxymoron. My mom was so, she, obviously like she's she's just a beautiful like individual. She just obviously wants the best for her child, right? She was so excited like for me. And I was like, mom, actually like, please don't watch it because I was scared. Like I know how much mm. her faith means to her and whatever mm. cotton candy version of Islam that she has, it really helps her through life. And I was like, yeah. I don't want you to see those hadiths on the screen that would yeah. make you be sick because in Islam yeah. it is honestly it will make you sick it's not easy yeah. reading any of that yeah uh, I, uh, yeah I, I bet I, I I actually like so I, I'm I um, will do the same thing with um, people if a Christian comes to me and they say I really don't want to give up my faith I don't want to be challenged I go, great like um, but I said like go check out um, this person like I always talk about inspiring philosophy he's coming on again like I think he's I think he's um uh he's not perfect i don't i think he's wrong in so many things but i think he's as honest as you can be as a, an apologist so i point people to his direction all the time like hey look if you okay. want to keep your faith like great whatever i'm not gonna like i'm just but like this is what it's like we can have a conversation if you're ready to have a conversation because because people's faiths are so important to them and yeah. if they're not ready to have that conversation you just push them further into cognitive dissonance and then um but i i'm tempted Let's let's do it. Let's We're have a discussion. <laughs> no, no, I mean, no, I mean, um, sorry, I was changing subjects. I'm tempted to have a discussion on Quran 434. What is that? I don't know what that is. What verse is that? What does it say? Um, yeah, let's well, it. said, let's have a conversation. Let's do it. It's basically how Islam instructs you, what Allah instructs you to uh, deal with your wives when they're not completely obedient and listening to you. So uh, yeah. you basically need to like, you know, warn them and then you need to separate your bed from them like you're doing them such a favor honestly and then thirdly you need to beat them and that's it that's why i'm gonna leave it at beat them because that is the original translation i don't care for apologists saying lightly with a toothbrush like a miswak like just a tap on the the wrist like you know that, what that's translation not... what translation would you recommend um anyone that doesn't add anything after beat to be honest if you go to quran.com maybe try picket hall or maybe even mosin khan um i haven't I, i've been lacking in my slacking in my quran reading because obviously it's a sh Ma it's shite <laughs> oh yeah yeah men so i'll read it men are in charge this is picket hall men are in charge of women because allah have made uh, the one of them to excel the other and because they spend 
because they spend of their property for the support of women. Sorry. So good women are the obedient guardians in secret of which Allah hath guarded. As for those women whom fear rebellion, admonish them and banish them to beds apart and scourge them. Then, scourge uh, usually says strike, uh, scourge, uh, yeah, okay. beat. But the actual Ar Arabic word is daraba, and daraba translates to like beat and strike. Right. And the way that they would do it back in the day, um, in those glorious days, according to Islam, the, the, pre the days before Islam were ignorant days, but Islam has it all sussed out. So what they would do is they would beat them similarly to how they would like tame their uh, like chattel. So oh, they, yeah. they would get the branches of the date trees. And that's the same thing I was saying about the policeman earlier. You use a bit of it to like clean your teeth but you can also turn it into like a whip-like thing. Okay. Uh, so it's like almost like a, a whip, but you're like they're hitting the, the 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 horses and the camels with that as well. But that's mm. what they would use to beat their wives. And then there's a prescription in Islam, I think similar to Christianity as well, like how to beat your slave, but how to beat your slave a bit differently to how you beat your wife. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. There's, there's a there's how to beat your Hebrew slaves and then there's different, different instructions for non-Hebrew slaves. So. Yeah in the in the bible yeah and um jesus didn't reform it jesus didn't reform the slavery um scriptures um but no. so okay so i'm i've been having a lot of discussions with um with muslim tiktokers oh um, you're brave um, they're everywhere on there and um, how's your I'm mental health david you're right <laughs> oh it's 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 fine i had one conversation okay, that that actually was pretty good. I think it went for like three and a half hours. And by the end, it was a respectful conversation. Like we disagreed and stuff, but we're, we're both respecting each other nice. um, and, and the people and stuff. And then there was another one where the guy was um, like, he was, was so bad. Like there's a little clip of it on my YouTube channel, but I, I go like, can Allah's words be corrupted? And he's like, he's like, no. And I'm like, okay, is the Bible, is the Hebrew Bible from originally from Allah? He's like, yes. I'm like, but, and he's like, but they, so do they corrupt it? Yes. It's like, can Allah's words be corrupted? No. So were Allah's words corrupted? Yeah, he fixed it. Okay, but I know he fixed it. But between when he did, when it was it ever corrupted, Allah's words can't be corrupted. And like the dude was just like on a loop and like he was ducking and weaving, but I wouldn't get off the point. And that was an interesting conversation. But You've got him in a corner. Cool. Yeah, because look, he uh, I see where he's coming from, right? Because the Quran says that they have like corrupted their scriptures. But yeah, you've got it because again, that's what I mean. Like even with Islam, the claim it makes like, oh, we're the perfected version of the Abrahamic faiths where you're getting basic entry-level stuff wrong about their mm. faiths in your very book. So you're Allah, who supposedly created Judaism and Christianity, and those two messiahs just weren't doing a, like a job up to scratch that you had to do it all over again in Arabia, and much worse, can I say. But um, yeah, it, 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 it it's so... As a Muslim, you can't deny that. The Quran tells you their scriptures have been corrupted and they believe in this, yada, yada, yada. But then that that also came from God. So somebody, so there was some stand-up comedian made a really funny joke the other day. And he was like, um, oh, I was with one of my like white friends and uh, there was a loud noise on the train. And he was like, oh, I was like, oh, Jesus. And my white friend turned around and th this guy's obviously Muslim and of like Pakistani or Indian origin or whatever. And he was like... Um, Oh, my white friend turned around and said to me, see, in like a moment of like sheer panic, where's your Allah Muhammad gone, mate? You remember Jesus. Yeah. And he was like, he was like, well, <laughs> you would not want to hear a loud bang and then hear me shout Allahu Akbar. <laughs> 
after that as well. Right, you get tackled <laughs> by like, everyone. Touché. Yeah, 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 exactly. Um, That's amazing. That's yeah. amazing. Um, oh, so, yeah, but sorry. So the point was he was basically saying yeah. that for Islam and Muslims, Jesus is like the vice captain of Islam. Because okay. we do consider him a messiah anyway. So hmm. kind of it is a, already like a bit of a catch-22 because, yes, hmm. the scriptures have been corrupted as per Allah, but also Jesus is one of your top prophets. So, And yeah. also then you completely disagree with what actual followers of Jesus believe how he died versus what the Quran says happened to him. So that's another point of contention. Yeah, they, they, I've noticed that I've had a few conversations and, and watched a few, I've noticed that what they do online in these TikTok, like apologetics, um, Muslim apologetics um, things is they get people to concede that there must be, that they, they probably is a creator. That's the first, they, as soon as they've got them on that point, that yeah. there, there has to be a creator, then they they move them to like all these like arbitrary um, points that they think point to Islam, which they, they do if you take all their take all their um, idea like you just believe or everything they're saying. But like mm. I just this one guy I just wouldn't I was like no I don't I can't I have no idea if there's a creator or not. And then he's like well you have to I'm like, he's like where do we come from? I was like we came from probably the same place you believe your God came from. Yeah. He's like well no God just God just always was. I'm like so why can't we say always. that about the universe? Like, what, what, I have no idea what happened before the Big Bang. I don't even know if before the Big Bang is a sensible statement. Like, I don't want. Um, so give me some, I, I need some ammunition. Give me some hard-hitting, besides um, uh, Quran 434, what are some other hard-hitting, because I, 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 the only thing I could think of was the moon splitting in two. Yeah. Um, and then they just say, miracle, and you go, okay. Like, oh, no yeah, yeah, David, don't, don't, don't you know, David? Everyone was asleep at that time, okay? They couldn't yeah. see it. Yeah. Everyone was fast asleep. I think Ali Dawa, somebody said that. But um, no, let, yeah, let, let, let's fill up your armor. What, what can we give you? Um, okay, I, I'll think of... Because they, quite... they'll, they'll all say there are no scientific inaccuracies in the Quran. And I'll say... Well, are you say kidding that the, me? That's the what Quran they all say. They say says that like, this, like sperm comes from between the backbones and the ribs. That's oh, not okay. true. Yeah, yeah, embryology is all over the place in the Quran. So you can definitely deep dive into that. And then again, yeah. the creationist argument as well. I think but the Quran says that water, like God's throne is basically on, or like on top of the seventh heaven, he's got a throne sitting on water and there's a whale that's basically holding the curvature of the, uh, like not the curvature, sorry, they, they thought it was a flat earth. A whale is holding the earth on its back. <laughs> I'm sorry. I can't even say it to you like <laughs> without greasing. Like what, what are you guys on? Um, King Solomon so... had an army of talking ants. Like David, I can. I'll send you a list of so much. Like, that's, don't even worry about it. <laughs> that's so. That's so amazing. Um, it's so many. Like when because I've got the sun. Sorry, of... David. The sun bows. Yeah. The sun every day when it sets, it goes under Allah's throne, and it's such a good Muslim that it bow. It prostrates under Allah's oh, throne and then okay. it asks Allah for permission to rise again and the day right. that it doesn't prostrate and ask for permission it will rise from the opposite side that's it we're all effed mate that's the day of judgment <laughs> <laughs> so so yeah it's so funny I, I remember trying to explain these things because I, I got a lot of like, friends that never grew up with religion and trying to explain like creationism or um they're like wait 
we came from monkeys like no we evolved with them um, common economy ancestor with apes and yes. stuff and then i'm like well no they believe that that's all a conspiracy and they're like what do you mean it's like well they believe that you know we have all this lineage back to six thousand years and they'll be like well isn't there isn't like um civilizations older than that yeah but they'll believe that they weren't really and, and it's like and, and then they're like oh how do they, you know, what about the fossil record? Oh, they believe that happened from Noah's flood. What's Noah's flood? Um, all these animals, every animal in the world and bug and insect and everything got on one big boat and floated around for a year and then... But if these are Australians, and come on, you would at least know. <laughs> what about penguins and stuff? Like, look at the Australian. Oh, my yeah, God. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. We, we, the Aboriginal Australians have been here for, like, 40,000 years. Like, we got yes. paintings 21,000 years ago. Um uh but but no in, clue in, who in, muhammad in, is or jesus is not, yeah, no exactly. clue whatsoever <laughs> yeah and uh they didn't see the moon split in two or at least they didn't write it down they were asleep um, david <laughs> yeah they were asleep. but the but like and, and just trying to explain the story of jesus like from a christian perspective i'm like well i was like so god um had to he gave us he was angry with us so he flooded the world killed everyone and then he gave us a way to um make him happy again which was to kill an animal and to slit its throat and, and you know um i don't know why to give them pain um senses and stuff but he kill yeah. them slit throat burn them and then god would love the smell um and then he would um you know eventually we kept sinning anyway so then god came down and sacrificed himself to himself to serve as a loophole for rules that he created that he can't circumvent and they're like right i'm like and, and he's coming back uh with trumpets um and then everyone's gonna be taken up to it's it's just like the more you think and, and there's a place of eternal punishment and a place of eternal pleasure and you're like this is so bizarre how do people buy into this i mean it's like, abusive david like literally what yeah, you're just saying just so to sum abusive. it up is literally like saying oh let me let me sacrifice myself to save my save you from what i would do to you anyway which yeah. is Honestly, now that I'm fully up to scratch on what abuse is, I would say that is an abusive entity right there. Mm. Yeah. yeah, for sure. There's um, sacrifice. That's why it has uh, to be a slave master relationship, right? Sorry to cut you off, but that's that's no, the no, dynamic. Go, go. It's always a slave master relationship at play. There's this like this is completely subservient mentality that you've got to internalize to do that like in islam we take it to the nth degree where we're like we bow before not we sorry i want to completely distance myself from those people they um they say mm. things like we bow to nobody we bow our heads before nobody but the almighty but like you're still a slave to something mate. like you're literally a slave yeah. like the whole thing of like being a bit like islam does not mean peace it literally means like to be sub like sub complete subservience yeah submission, yeah, yeah. submission exactly Christians will say that um, Christianity is the only religion that God came down um, to us and loved us. Like In God, flesh, Jesus yeah. Yeah, and it's like, but then it also says that every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. It also says... Um, uh it, it also says that we are already a slave to sin. Um, what's, uh, there's that, there's that 16, uh, 1600s uh, uh, poem um, that I really love by Folk. Uh, I don't know, Folk Reynolds. Anyway, uh, created sick, commanded to be sound. And yes, that, I love that, that. Yeah, it's just, and that's in everything, right? That's in every religion. Oh, David, that, that for me, when I was on my journey of trying to figure out truth and un unravel Islam and unpack it, and really I was having a, a serious conversation with myself because every single cell in my body at that time wanted to stay muslim right because that's mm -hmm. that is literally like i mean 
I, I know nothing else. What is life? It's all meaning like uh, that existential crisis ensues if this is not the truth. Yeah. Um, but like, yeah, what what you're saying, it, it resonates so deeply because you, when you, when you're in that state of mind, you are, you're not able to like follow where evidence actually leads you because you want to, it's comfort. You, you're, you're trying to look for confirmation bias right? The entire time you're trying to like, I went in delving into these sources being like, let me see the words where my God protects me. Like, let me, let me see those words where, you know, it's going to be, I literally thought this is a manifestation of a beautiful, perfect religion that mm. men in positions of power are just on a power trip and they're misogynistic and they're screwed up, but that's them. And all those arguments you can buy into this, like culture, not religion, blah, blah, blah. I would have taken all of those covers to protect myself and not face the truth. But when it was actually staring me in the eye, I'm like, no, 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 this God sounds like one of those police officers it really sounds like they we could interchange mm. them and it's like hold yeah. on a second um but when i listened to christopher hitchens um I, I think hitchens. I, I yeah yeah daddy hitchens <laughs> I, I, I think it. i was listening to like the four horsemen and then i listened to hitchens in his debates because i just think he the way he mastered the english language is like oh. i mean it's mellifluous to my ears i can listen to that man speak all day long I'm i don't so even happy. know what that word is and that is that is beautiful what a right? word to describe it yeah yeah it's yeah. so oh my goodness it's like an orgasm oh wow like just, <laughs> and you and he's also dropping such knowledge and truth bombs at the same time that i'm like do i do i listen to your amazing articulation of that the syntax of that mm. sentence or do i think about it's, what you're saying but exactly when he said sorry commanded uh sick uh sorry um born sick, sick and commanded to be well that I was like, that was a massive moment for me. Like that yeah. just struck a chord. And I was like, hold on a second. What kind of twisted, I was like, not even individual, twisted entity, twisted anything does that. Like mm. makes you create it. And, and that's what I was just like, that's when Christianity automatically went out the window for me because I was yeah. like, whoa, mate, original sin is just messed up. And like, at least in like Islam or like, in Muslim cultures that I've grown up in, it's very much like you're not um, you're not culpable for your ancestors' sins or like the sins of your previous generations or your forefathers or whatever, which I think is quite healthy of a concept to acknowledge. Whereas when I like Christianity was like, oh my days, like the guys died for me to be good, like bloody hell, why am yeah. I not being good? Yeah, exactly. There's um. Yeah, he's he's really good. He's the only person I've ever, and I'm still I hate um, any type. I hate homophobia and stuff. Obviously, I've got a lot of gay friends, but it's the only time I've ever been somewhat accepted accepted of of someone using the F slur, like um, right. because he settled in a debate with some Catholics and he used it to point out how disgusting the Catholic, um, the or the Christian idea is, which is like, um, I'm not going to say, it, but he says like. Um, he says, like, you know, you, you guys um, uh, condemn my friend Stephen Fry. Um, you're a child made in the image of God. No, you're not. You're an F-slur. Um, and the way that just the fact that he used that word in a debate in front of, like, a huge audience and, like, he did it without even stuttering, it, like, brain, it's like, it was a horrible word to say, but it's like, it brain to, to, to light the seriousness. Like, no, this is a really big problem like um he, did, he didn't tap, tap dance around it um and, I really and he took it to a whole like new other level david he was like mm. i think he said at one point like i would uh rather Stephen babysit my children than 
any one of yeah. the clergymen like i would be on the like yeah, i'd, I'd be so like dialing good. 999 immediately if i yeah, yeah that was so um, good i just oh, have to read this it. out and i haven't i haven't been reading the comments because i want to stay connected in this conversation but every time digital hammurabi posts i have to um have to read it out he said uh um how do you as an atheist grant your ultimate <laughs> ultimacy of instantiation for the necessary preconcept conditions of possible impossibilities providing for ultimacy such a joke so he's just being he's just being funny or she's just being funny it's either megan lewis or dr josh they're friends of mine there i love them so much he's pretending to be darth dawkins have you heard of darth dawkins no i haven't actually uh he's just the he's just the cringiest like he just he does these like debate bro tactics and debates um debates atheists online um he just says says a bunch of gibberish like that and uh yeah oh i love that Uh, um can you tell me about um i haven't been bold enough to ask a muslim about this yet but have you can you tell me tell me about um aisha aisha yeah i can tell you that she was like given absolutely no choice and there was no such thing as informed consent when she was a six-year-old girl playing with her dolls and she was married off to Muhammad who was 52 or 53 at the time. Um, And then it's actually written there word for word in our scriptures that he consummated the marriage with her when she was nine years old. Um, And there's like various, I mean, I'm telling you not, Islam is not an easy read. It's not easy to digest as a woman reading it, me talking about this every Sunday when I bring up these hadiths, it honestly like, it makes me feel sick inside. Um, this is codified child marriage, and you see it play out in the darkest, most like horrific scenarios in the modern context still to this day. The reason I talk about Islam and the reason I'm I'm willing to laugh about it and honestly like just just show it for what it is and actually say this is this is a joke in the modern day and age is because um we see men in Afghanistan who are selling their six-year-old daughters to be married off to men who are old enough to be their grand, uh, their grandfathers. And they have no choice but to do this, but this is culturally accepted. This is actually like a norm in these places. But I mean, you can say that this is culture and whatever, you can harp on about that till the cows come home. But the fact is Islam actually codified this. If you take Islam at face value, if you are at least in the mainstream fold of Islam, like I was as a Sunni believing Muslim, I think that the you are supposed to believe that the Prophet is the most timeless, eternal, infallible, most beautiful, perfected human example to follow. Men must emulate him, women must revere him in, in every form. Um, and I'm sorry, I just, because of that, people are willing to give away their daughters to men who are literally like 60 70 years old they are selling their daughters for a price to these men and you can't you cannot cut the cord if this was cultural i would again intellectual honesty i would say that but mm. I, the fact that muhammad himself who is a timeless yeah, example, example of humanity yeah. and he's done this we cannot dance around it i'm sorry so so if i was a muslim according to the quran would i be okay in selling off or giving away my daughter, my six-year-old daughter to someone who's 60, 70 years old? 
Oh, yeah, most definitely, David. I'm not sure if you're okay. aware of Muslim Dawa boys and their YouTube scene, but Ali Dawa, for example, he has categorically said when he was challenged on this very point, he categorically said, if my daughter is nine years old and whatever she's reached maturity, I will, I would marry her off. So, I mean, that's how damaging this ideolo right. ideology is. But also just, uh, I, I always talk about like the damning effects of this, but to, for me, reading Aisha, uh, like, again, we go back to the telephone game of the Hadiths, but think reports that have come out of Aisha, um, reading that as a woman in 2022, reading between certain what like lines that Aisha is saying or certain instances where, for example, the Quran was supposed to have a very, 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 oh my goodness, I'm so grateful this verse did not make it into the Quran, but it's basically a verse for breastfeeding adults. So men and women can't be uh, in the same room if they're not married or, you know, you're, you're, you're basically, you could be married, so you have to cover and blah, blah, blah. So the way to get past that was that you would suckle on the woman's breast 10 times and then it's all good. So Aisha conveniently said that, oh, that verse of the Quran, when I was sleeping, I had it under my pillow, but a tame sheep came into my room and ate it. And I was like, you go, girl. Yes, you saved us all so much bullshit. And another thing she said when Muhammad is obviously coming to her, she, she's literally like, Muhammad's personal life is just so scandalous. So one of the times when um, she obviously catches him being really shady and wanting to just sleep with multiple women, including his slave women, she literally says, oh, I, I, um, I fear that your Lord hastens to fulfill your desires. And like, she says things that are very much like landing Muhammad in it. Like she was a lot, she was ahead of her time in, in, in terms of the things that she's left wow. behind. So I say, if you are leaning towards uh, like even a little bit of feminism in this day and age, if you read Aisha and you like try and connect with her woman to woman, you're like, I see what you're onto there. And again, Is it's it all down for Muhammad. <laughs> Is there um, a book that you'd recommend um, or anything you'd recommend reading if someone wanted to read Aisha? Again, straight from the sources, I'd recommend you go to sunnah.com and you type Aisha into the yeah. search tool and you read the hadiths that have been narrated directly, sorry, recorded and reported to have been yeah, narrated yeah, yeah. directly yeah. from yeah. her. But it's very telling. I mean, she talks um, about how the women used to stay together. There's an instance of domestic violence there. You see how Muhammad handles it. He literally like, I mean, it, it gets very problematic. But but mm. Aisha, I would say for, for 1400 years ago, the, the I'm not going to say woman, she was a girl at the time, was more feministic than, than yeah, most, most Muslim women are today, ironically. <laughs> wow. Um, okay, so um, how, say there's someone who is, like, wanting to um, leave Islam or wanting to question their, or not question their faith, but because that's, that's even hard for them to, so someone who's listening to this who may be a Muslim who um doesn't like what they're hearing but they're they've lasted this long um what would you what advice would you give to that that person that man that that lady wait so sorry do you mean so so they they know they they, they know that things are problematic but they they don't want to confront it. Is that where they're at? Like, what's well, this type let's, of let's, let's, let, yeah. yeah, let's say someone's watching um, now who's a Muslim who, yeah, um, doesn't really like they just, just, just 
walks away from the cognitive dissonance anytime these issues come up and they don't know what to do because their faith is so important to them and it's their identity. Um, that, you know, people will start asking questions if they just started not wearing a hijab, um, you know, things like that, or, or, or if the, you know, if they're a man, um, if they started, um, drinking or something, um, what would you say? What advice would you give to someone who's questioning like that? See, that's a, that's a tricky one because that's actually what most people around me, this is the exact phase that they're in. And my only like thing was to just carry on being myself and saying the things that I would normally say while respecting their boundaries, not shoving anything down their throat, right? Because that's not, that's not my intention at all. Like I'm not here to tell you what to believe at all. I'm just saying this is what I found out. And uh, hey, it seems like it's a uh, it's a recurring problem. <laughs> um, and so there must be something like, you know, theologically linked to it. But what I would say is, um, I think it, it's a, it's a slow, gradual burn. And what you will do is that like, you'll keep coming across or you'll keep having thoughts where it just doesn't sit right to you. Or you really have to confront your fundamental beliefs. And again, going right back to the reason of my channel, a lot of people are happy to just not do that. And and I understand, I get it. I get that your religion and your version of Islam is really peaceful and honestly, really cozy and cuddly. Like I, if, if, if your Allah is really the Allah in charge, I am so down for that heaven and I'm so down for that Allah. But the thing is, it's not. And that's not through any fault of your own. It's just, you don't know how dark and violent and morbid and homophobic and uh, racist these, the actual scripture is. Um, so it makes, makes sense that you don't want to confront that because as we were talked about earlier, we touched on, I mean, everything ensues then you've got existential crisis. You're like, where's my morality come from? Like you're, you're reassessing everything mm. you've ever, ever known. Like as in, I say that the moment I realized Islam was not true for me, it felt like somebody had pulled the rug from under my feet and I was just falling. Like that scene in Alice in Wonderland when she's like falling down the rabbit hole. Mm. I was just like falling into this abyss of, okay. First, and there's so many layers to that. It's like, wow, I, I might have trust issues now because people I looked up to as actual figures of authority, i.e. my grand teacher and my parents and my grandparents, everything they might have taught me is completely li a lie and false. But I've learned that by myself. And then hold on, you have a whole other like, set of questions. And you're like, am I crazy? Because am I the only one who thinks about Islam like this? They all love it. They're all happy in it. What's wrong with me? And then you go, to, and then thank, thankfully there was the internet and I found Twitter and I went on you and I was like, whoa, there's other people who also agree with me. Like I'm not crazy. So there's that whole element, but yeah, there's, there's so many layers to it. Cause obviously if this is something really near and dear to you, you don't want to confront it. And that's why I think one of the bravest things a human being can do is to be intellectually honest with themselves. Because like, I mean, like look at the flip side, even if you want to throw like Chuck Pascal's wager in there or whatever the flip mm. side may be, like, is it real? Like, honestly, David, I don't know about you, but like mental emancipation for me, and you talk about home, like homophobia as well, like earlier, like the fact that I had to like 
I was such good friends with people who identified as literally being gay and I would have the best time with them. But I would lie in my bed at night and think, are they going to burn in hell? Because Allah does not accept them. So like, what's going on here? Because he's so nice or she's so nice. Like, what's wrong with me? Mm. But like, I mm. want to save them. And like, there's some weird superiority complex there as well. Like, oh, I'm born normal, quote unquote. Like, I'm born okay. I'm born under the remit of God that would get me to heaven. Like, that's one point that I don't have to contend with is my sexuality like that's just again that's pure luck what if mm. i was born a hindu in goa or i don't know like a yeah what was i was born yeah. into like i think this is where the idea though it comes from like you can catch the gays you know what i mean you don't you're not born gay you catch the gays from oh, the gays yeah. and things like yeah so yeah um it's, and that's it's, why they have um, correction therapy and all that bullshit oh my goodness yeah, yeah. right um, I was mentioning before that um, uh, my wife and I are having our first child um, through IVF. We're super stoked. Oh, congratulations. Um, I... <laughs> I'll drink to that. Let's drink to that. Yeah, yeah I'll drink to that. I always have this yeah. joke that um, if they were um, if they were born straight, I'd, I'd still love them. So, yes. um, yeah, I'm, I'm so on the other side where it's like I'm, you know, I, I want to support. I'm a, the biggest, I've got a shirt that says ally. Like I'm like all there for my lgbt um friends i in talking about um being intellectually honest someone um i think this was thought that you were saying that aisha was in the quran and they said no it's not true not on the quran no Please she's in the hadith our, yeah, yeah yeah our hadith yeah please clarify your mistake I don't think it was a mistake. Uh, you never mentioned it was in the Quran. You explicitly said it was in the Sunnah.com, which is yeah. uh, by definition not yeah. the Quran. So Mojo, you know what I'm talking about. Hi Mojo, by yeah. the way, you're a regular. Nice to see you here. Yeah, yeah no, I definitely that's 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 a schoolboy error. I would not make. <laughs> Sorry, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but, but also, um, yeah, no, go ahead. I want, yeah, I just wanted to make sure that we're we're being fair to to. Muslims Islam. and stuff as we're, well, yeah. Yes. Because <laughs> we're being intellectually yeah. honest, David. Yeah, that's that's we fine. Yeah. Yes, we wouldn't be otherwise. Oh, look, no, I'm I would throw... definitely hold my hands up if I made a mistake. But yeah, thank you, Mojo, for clarifying that. Is there any? Is there? This might be way. To, this may be inappropriate to even ask. But do you find that any anything in the in the Quran that you find as nice now that you know the whole context? <laughs> like, is there anything that you go like that's good advice or like that's that's kind of sweet or um, something like that. Well, that's beautiful. Oh, I'm really trying here, David. Okay, I'm really, really, really trying my best. Um... This is the intellectual honesty test. This is like the test <laughs> This of all. really is. I know. And, I'm <laughs> and like, even though the nice things that are coming to my mind, I'm like, that's still not like that good though. Like, I'm trying to, I'm like, that's not a good, like, I'm trying to vouch for Islam and being like, there's a good thing here somewhere. Um, yeah. I'm really um, trying. Oh my God. Do you know what? I don't know. Cause he, he, he stopped like even like adoption and things like that. Like he made like the opposite of what you would, expect and like uh okay. i can talk Hang about on. the charity part but that's one of the pillars so that's uh, different but i will say what? one of the meccan surahs when he was more peaceful because he had no muhammad had not as much of a following and he had to be tame and there's a line where he literally repeats it like ad nauseum it's not even like nice sounding he's like yeah to your religion you is your like your religion's for you and my religion's oh. for me oh mate those are the words yeah. that should have like just stuck with you not yeah. like 
you are not a good Muslim until you've considered or thought about jihad. Like that should not yeah. take in that dark turn. <laughs> you should have just stayed. I, yeah. I just I just googled beautiful Quran verses and there's one that says, Allah does not burden the soul beyond that it can bear. <laughs> Thank uh, you, Allah. How yeah. how nice of you, mate. You'll just burn me just just to the point that I can take it. Thank you. <laughs> and, and he found you lost and guided you. I mean, there's some nice stuff in here. Um Look, I'm just trying to. I'm just trying. I mean, nice to enough for me to hold on for for however long. Yeah, sure. Yeah. And you know, and nice other stories to like embellish it. But stories you learn are like so completely fake. Like, there's this really, really widely peddled story like um, about this woman, and it's completely false. It doesn't exist anywhere in Islamic sources or scripture. But it's a woman that used to basically hate Muhammad, and she would like chuck like rubbish at him oh, yeah. <laughs> every day. And one day she didn't chuck rubbish at him, and then he actually was like oh, I didn't get rubbish chucked at me today. Let me check on this woman. And he went and checked on this elderly woman. Um, that exists nowhere. But you're told this and you're told like, that's the kind yeah. of man that you're you're dealing with here. And also his sweat smelled like roses, David. And yeah, uh, yeah you know, he's just- That's uh, so gross. To think so that you would smell someone's sweat and be like, mm, delicious roses oh my the goodness they would apparently like dip their hands and stuff into like some of the bowls he had washed his hands in or like things yeah, yeah. It, it gets very like culty and weird with like the reverence towards muhammad's bodily fluids and like yeah it's weird it's there's weird. there's um in in christianity there's that verse um uh let heat like where the the woman caught in adultery is about to be stoned to death and jesus comes and says let he use without sin cast the first stone and everyone yeah. everyone always puts it in every jesus movie it's the most beautiful it's not in the earliest manuscripts that really? was later yeah that's a later um thing in the I think oh, it's wow. in the of John. yeah so it's like it's not in the earliest manuscripts and it's like oh darn i did not know that <laughs> and and so and is that like a recurring thing or is that just like mentioned in one gospel or like where where is that i found? i don't know i don't know and i'm only quoting uh, professor bart d Ehrman on that so i haven't like fact checked it myself but he's like okay textual critics critics so um like if yeah you, you'd know if he was uh, making it up but it's not yeah. the early sources doesn't mean it's not original canon or anything it could still be what actually happened but it's just not in the original sources that's how interesting hmm. um <laughs> i've got a couple of uh oh actually before we before we do that oh can you tell the gruesome story about someone snapping legs between two camels or something Oh my goodness. Oh, is that yeah. is that too dark? Is that too dark? Yeah, no, I mean, I mean, it's Islam, so Yeah, okay. All right. <laughs> uh but yeah, I think I mean I, I haven't brushed up on this recently because there was a couple of incidents which are some of the most horrific, and this is one of them. But if I'm not mistaken, she was obvious again, she's a rebellious woman, uh, in terms of like the prophet's message and stuff. Um I think she was maybe one of the poets, because he killed a lot of poets. Uh, initially also that that very much corresponds to like the way the Quran was written because uh, the entire form of like poetry and this like oral transmission was so um, widespread in Arabia at this time because they, they weren't really lettered they weren't really writing as much down as they were passing down stories and oral traditions so a lot of these like poets or women that would already write really skilled and then they would speak out against muhammad but probably be do so like be doing so in a way that is um almost challenging the the mellifluousness quote unquote of the quran um and how that is like read out so muhammad obviously in all of his wisdom and beautiful timeless example for mankind ordered her death 
And she was basically tied, like one leg was tied to a camel and the other leg was tied to a camel. And they forced those camels to like go on either side. So this woman was essentially split in two by these That's camels like some... on Muhammad's orders. And I, I, David, I swear, I was going to say I swear to God, but I don't, I swear on freaking science Neil and rationality, Tyson. Neil deGrasse Tyson, <laughs> it's, it, I, I literally could not believe my eyes when I read that story. That's I like was flipping through shit. books and I was like, Muhammad did not, Muhammad did not order that, Muhammad did not, someone's, someone's messed us up <laughs> somewhere. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, madness. That's crazy. That's 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 crazy. Um, of course, that was a different time. Things have changed. You know, like he was a God was only working. Allah was only working within the, the um, his time. Um, she I want to spread fitna in the land anyway, and not let Islam to ma like manifest in this way. Oh, she had to be dealt with. All right. Sure. <laughs> I I want to uh, I want to jump into some Q and A. So if anyone's got some questions, um, I'll start typing them and start asking them now. Um, uh, I haven't been checking the chat too much, so I hope no one's been um, bigoted or anything in here because I, I haven't think it's been all, watching. It all seems squeaky clean, and uh, um, cool. a couple of my regulars are in the house. So hey, YouTube oh, family, yeah. I think eighty fives here. John Stopman. John Stopman's actually saying time for Berenberg Dutch booze. And cola, bottoms up, oh, bottoms nice, up, John. Nice, bottoms up. Awesome, awesome. <laughs> um, so, uh, just before we do, as everyone's like getting some questions, if they have any questions, uh, I want to promote your channel. Mm -hmm. So, Holy Humanist, oh, it you. is, it is a beast. Like you're just producing so much content. You got thirteen thousand subscribers. You just got so many videos talking about everything to do with. Um, you know, Islam, um, human yes, rights. Yes, the good, the bad, and ugly with Islam. <laughs> yeah, um, and I've actually, you can see, I've watched a few videos, but you can, I've actually watched more videos because I logged into a different account um, when I was doing my research. Oh, thank but yeah, you so it's much. Really, really good stuff. Um, and also, no, and for honestly, those... Jim, sorry, I also really appreciate yeah. you reaching out to me. Thank you. Oh, I, I don't know if you know this, um, but uh, you were on with Derek. Lambert, who his podcast, his episode was amazing. I think it was Derek. You might have been on Myth Vision, I think. Um, yes. It was when the Salman Rushdie stuff happened. And just before you left, I sent in a super chat, like formal invite to Deep Drinks podcast because I was like, oh, because you were coming off and you didn't see it. And I was like, damn it. Um, oh, sugar. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. No, no. And then I was like, I don't care. I'm reaching out by email. Um, but so, yeah, everyone go subscribe to Holy Humanists. Also, for those who went here at the start, uh, Deep Drinks podcast is a podcast where um, we the guest chooses their favorite drink, and we then we drink it as we have deep conversations. I try to be nonpartisan. It's not working um, that much as of late. Um, you can <laughs> see that with my <laughs> recent uh, video with um uh, with Are your biases coming through, David? <laughs> a little bit, yeah. I'm starting to get sick of it. Um, but uh, so coming up, we next week we have um, why the paranormal is BS uh, with skeptic, which is going to be a fun one, and then we have the long-awaited sequel to Michael Jones coming on, which is The Problem of Evil, a Christian philosopher and I discuss it. Um, and I'm going to bring out all the stops for that one because the first time he was on, I um, was as, as polite as possible, but now we've become pretty friendly. We send each other memes and stuff. So I'm going to like take the kid gloves off and um, I'm going to go go hard and it'll be an interesting conversation. I told him that, um, I told him that he said, um, oh, he goes, I'm a bit nervous about discussing The Problem of Evil because it's quite emotional. I said, I just want, I just want you to come on and... Um, and for me to yell at you about children with cancer for um, three hours. Uh, and he said, no, no, no I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> How dare you? How dare you? <laughs> but, um, oh, my gosh. <laughs> hmm. 
Well, no, I also, as a, I just want to say, uh, you're doing amazing stuff. And we talked about a oh, bit about you. this off air as well. But like, again, I would love to absolutely love to return this favor. You're more than welcome on my channel. I would love to introduce you to oh. my, some of my audience here. I'd love to introduce you to the entirety of my audience and get your story. And I feel like we've got a good thing with the back and forth. I think, you know, yeah. between Christian, we, if we can like, if we can sh fire shots at Christianity and Islam in a one and a half hour conversation, I think we're winning in life. <laughs> yeah, we're doing good. I'd love, uh, I'd be, it'd be an absolute honor to come onto your channel. Um, and you. yeah, it's been a really, I mean, I apologize everyone. It's 5am for me. I'm, I'm really tired. Please go to but bed. I, I feel like, um, I feel like our back and forth is really good, but usually I'm a bit more upbeat than this. Um, but um, oh, I'm not so I didn't even yet. get the real David today. No, I'm, you got a little bit. You got a little bit. You got, you got probably bit, yeah. a more reserved one. I probably would have interrupted more, which is annoying, like annoying for everyone else. So it's probably oh, no. better that I'm tired. <laughs> <laughs> okay, no, but let's definitely do this again at a much better time for you. I promise it won't be some ungodly no, hour. <laughs> no, it's fine. I, I don't mind. This is better than like 10 a.m. on a Saturday because otherwise I just like the, the day's wiped because like now I can go to sleep and stuff. But anyway. We're not, we're not ending it yet. We're still got questions, okay? okay? Oh, all right, um, okay. Okay. Um, uh, <laughs> I was just worried about you, by the way, David. So whenever we need something, no, like, please no, just, no, just no, say peace don't, out. we got to go. Okay. No, that's, that's cool. <laughs> we got some questions. So um, tell... <laughs> Bittenberg, okay. really? Uh, I thought I was uh, really anglicizing it, but thank you, John. I'll take that. <laughs> um. So um, this is, the, I've got three questions. One of them, uh, two of them I ask every guest. So this is um, the first question. I don't ask every guest, but I've kind of asked it already, but maybe you can just give like a, a punchy answer to this. But what advice would you give to someone who is in Islam and wants to evaluate the things that you have mentioned? I would honestly say, uh, do it, do it. And, and please don't rely on um like authority because that that's a that's a huge thing in islam where a one major reason where your questions or your critical thinking is curtailed is because they just delegate the authority they delegate your thinking and they ask you to delegate your thinking to an imam or a scholar or somebody who genuinely is just the embodiment of those toxic values so you mm. need to like actually ask yourself if, if what that imam or what this person is telling me, is it good enough? Is it a good enough response? Am I actually intellectually, morally, emotionally satisfied? If you're not, which I can guarantee you will most likely be the case because their answers are so bad, um, you should just honestly follow, follow your gut. And I promise you on the other side, I am still... Nuria, I'm still Pakistani, I'm still British, I'm still everything I ever was. It's just my mind is free. I can I can wholeheartedly love my friends who are homosexual or whichever like I I don't need to like lie to myself and harbor yeah. this weird feeling of like wanting to love them but knowing that like eternally I can't because they're wrong in God's eyes. Like these weird battles, trying to justify why Muhammad married a child, trying to justify getting women and raping them as captives of war, as part of your war booty. That's it's also so in the much, Bible. Yeah. Well, it's yeah. so much easier then to be on this side and call it all out. It's harder to be a Muslim and defend that. So please trust your gut. If you're finding it hard to defend this, Maybe it is because you're a better person than what Islam mandates you to be. And you need to follow that line of thinking and intuition because it's it's really something. Be intellectually honest is what I'd say. 
be intellectually honest. That's great. Um, uh, this is another question that just popped in my mind that I forgot to ask before. But how did you deal with the the and take as long as you, you want? Um, how 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 did you deal with the emotions of leaving Islam? Like, uh, like how um, do you deal with the emotional? Because there's the intellectual side, but then there's like, okay, now I'm not a Muslim. Like, how did you process that? Did you have to relearn things like? Oh, fully. And like, ironically, it's like uh, in Islam, when you go to do like Hajj or Umrah, which is like the mini Hajj, which is the pilgrimage, and you touch the Gaba and they say like, oh, you touch the black stone and you do that and you're essentially like a newborn baby or your sins are forgiven. Um, as I said, like, leave the, 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 like, I think I was like hardcore into this research and I was maybe in the middle of one of Master Arab's YouTube videos because it was him and Sharif Gaba who I f like finally went to when I searched is Islam the truth onto YouTube. Like something as basic as that has like honestly changed my life. But having having done that, like seeing, I think there was one point in Master Arab's video because I was binge watching this. I was like, I want to know. And I was cross-referencing every reference he gave. I would check it. Like there is no tomorrow to make sure he was not misleading me. Like, cause I'm telling you my prerogative was to stay in the religion. Mm. So I wanted him to be like saying something out of context or da, da, da. and like, lo and behold, no, it was word for word what he said it was on that page, on that chapter. In exactly. Um, but yeah, so it, yeah, it, I, I, when I, I left Islam, I, was in the middle of watching one of those videos. It just dawned on me. There was an Allah and Muhammad like sign in my grandma's house in front of me. And I just looked at that thinking, oh my word, like this will never, ever, ever be the same or mean the same to me like ever again. Like, in fact, my mind was going crazy. I was like seeing the Allah, like the Arabic writing. I was like, there's like a serpent. There's like mad mythology in this. It's like the, the Babylonian origins. Like I was going wild because I had learned so much information. Mm -hmm. um, but like, yeah, in like I didn't know who I was. I literally, like, I, I, I remember sitting in my room and I was like, whoa, okay, this means that everything that I think is morally right right now is not my own thoughts. Those were given to me. So I was like, oh my gosh, Nuria, you need to come up with your entire own morality. Like, where are your boundaries? Where where, where do things cross the line for you? Like, what do you agree with? And slowly, like, like that's a moment of existential crisis. But then, like, the more I got comfortable in that position, I was like, hold on. I'm just, like, being the, the, the person I was even when I was a Muslim, but now I'm not changing myself to mend into those ways. Like I'm just like, I love those gay friends of mine. Now I could just love them. I'm not, yeah. I'm not dealing with that thing. So like, this was always me. I, I was always trying to bend to Islam. Islam was mm. not bending towards me. So getting rid of it, I was like, oh my God, I can manifest my authentic self, which is just somebody who loves humanity. I don't give a crap. Like I literally couldn't yeah. give like a toss where you're from or what religion. And that was always me. That's my prerogative. That's how my parents have raised me. That's what my experiences and my schooling and my friends. And even now that's why like, I do think I'm very privileged, like as an ex-Muslim activist, I've not lost friends over this cause, you know, like they are very, they're, in fact, they're Muslim and they'll say, yeah, yeah, we're culturally Muslim, but like, they're like also really like know the bad things. And they're like, you know what you do, you'd like do what you got to do. They celebrate me. They celebrate my 13K, my 10K, like they're not even in this. 
but mm. yeah it's just uh I, I i feel like i'm very privileged in that sense for sure mm. but i'd say be intellectually honest with yourself and i promise you the other side of not having to defend these messed up things is so much easier you sleep so much easier at night it makes so much sense why you don't have these this, this weird purity culture and misogyny and and divorce laws and having to sleep with another man before you can go back to your husband like these things are more complicated than just living true to who you really are <laughs> yeah wow 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 um that's probably oh, the I wine like, talking now david sorry <laughs> no, I feel like we could no i we could keep going for ages but i bet um is it uh, another question that's popped in my mind? Are there any countries you can't go to now, now that you're an apostate? Yeah, all of the, I think it's 12 or 13 at the minute that still have the punishment for uh, apostasy, which is death. I can't go, I, I wouldn't go to any of that. I, I can't go, I can't, I can never visit the UAE anymore. I'll never go back to Saudi Arabia where I grew up. I will never go back to Pakistan in my lifetime, which is sad unless something major happens there. And maybe one day if I have kids, I can show them it. But I have no hope that that or like or no no optimism that that's actually going to be that, a reality it's all gone it's, europe and america is where i'm going to holiday david so yeah that's where yeah we'll hang. and <laughs> if you ever come to australia i will take my my wife and i will take you around everywhere show you around like if you ever make it to australia oh, thank you i um, definitely yeah that would be amazing cheers um it is and, and and right back at you when you're on this side of the, the world <laughs> well careful i'll take you up on that and we'll go yeah, yeah. london's always a good idea oh yeah. the pub culture here you would love it i've <laughs> i've been i've been to london and scotland and i um and most of europe and i loved it so much um it's it it <laughs> amazing so, so such a different culture with the um, bars our bars mm. are kind of gross compared to your bars like your uh, pubs and stuff yeah um Okay, the last two serious questions. Um, yes. What, if anything, would change your mind? For, for, for Islam? Islam. Mm. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. For, oh, oh, let's, wow. let's, let's, I'll, I'll, re, I'll rephrase it. We'll change your mind on the, um, the, the, the truth of Islam. So not, not necessarily the, you might still find it immoral, but you would consider mm. it true. That is so tough. Uh, it would have to be honestly freaking miraculous and like out of this world. It would, it mm. would literally have to be something like I don't know Gabriel actually coming down to me and being like, "Yo, woman, you're seriously misguided, bro. Like, do you want to get there?" And I, <laughs> if this is like me, not on plate. any any hallucinogenic. This is not me inebriated or any, this is like a pure conscious experience but other no i i i don't think in fact i i have a, like i genuinely think about i wish i wish i could get five minutes alone and just speak to muhammad and be like what is wrong with you like that would actually be more of a <laughs> yeah i don't know that, that seems more uh, enticing islam for islam to be true I, I maybe i'd have to like have a concussion and and just, <laughs> it was, yeah no i know what you mean it's like even even though like if i'm the same like if i started seeing some crazy stuff i don't know even then if i would trust my senses unless someone else could also verify verify what they're experiencing or seeing at the same time and it was consistent over like because i know there's also mass hysteria because it becomes a really tough question to kind of ask yourself as well but um 
it's a tough question. Yeah, and, um, and, and not to uh, prolong this conversation, but like just to give a quick quick thing. Even when I was Muslim, no, for example, and I was going through hey, very tough times. No, yeah. you need to prolong it as much as you want. I'm not ready for bed. I'm totally cool to stay up. Oh, so. okay, okay, thank yeah. I just wanted to yeah. touch on this real no, quick. No, yeah, go. Because uh, it's really interesting you asked that. When I was a Muslim and I was going through a tough time, um, personally, emotionally, I actually had the most vivid dream where I actually saw the Prophet Muhammad and as in like he he was like completely I saw him in the way that I had been envisioned to see him so he in, in Islam you don't really can't even put a face to him because he's that like exemplar right you, you can't give him a normal human act attribute and I say now that I'm ex-Muslim it's because him and Allah are interchangeable they are literally they are they are equated okay he's basically mm. God um, and we do worship and revere him so that's another thing Muslims need to like deal with but I actually had a dream like a full-on dream where I woke up genuinely feeling like oh my god my heart is not heavy anymore like I've been cleansed like he took time out like I genuinely like was wrapped up in this belief that the sighting of Prophet Muhammad in my dream on the night of power in Islam it's called is the night that the Quran was revealed to Muhammad and it's a considered a really sacred night and in Saudi Arabia and Dubai the UAE you get that night off so that's a night where people read Quran more, they pray more, and like all your sins are forgiven, blah, blah. But like in that sense of hysteria, you really can manifest this crap. And like your unconscious mind can lead you to believe you genuinely have had a one-on-one -on -one experience with somebody. And as a result, like your heart is lighter or that trauma is not traumatic for you anymore. Or you've learned to deal with it. So, but, yeah. So that's really, so I, I just want to touch that. So you... Are you saying that, see, if I told a Christian or a Christian friend of mine that you had a dream that an Allah appeared to you in a dream or Muhammad, Muhammad appeared to you in a dream and after it you felt your heart being lighter and you felt they would not believe it. They would say, no, that doesn't, I don't agree with that. I've, I've literally told um, Christians this before and they go, they go, well, I don't, I don't subscribe to that because they believe that that only comes from God, like from the non-Allah God, like comes from Christian God. <laughs> Yeah. So that, this is something I wanted to ask you about. Did you ever have any spiritual, well, that's a spiritual, spiritual, mm. spiritual experience, but did you ever have any other experiences or can you go into more detail about that experience or the, or anything like that? Yeah. So, I mean, because what, when, as I said, like when I was a believing Muslim, I, no matter what I did or because I was growing up in such an international environment with so like so much international exposure, I did not have the time to be so conservative, but my belief was so, like, it was so heavily there. And I think I was very spiritual as a person. Like, I am very much like an empath by my, like, in terms of my personality. And like, I, um, you know, even today when I hear like a song, even if it's about God or whatever, if it's the music and the whatever that resonates with me. Mm. And I really, I, I still love it. Like I genuinely mm. do. So when I was a believer, obviously I'd be even more into it because I genuinely believe that that, that all existed. And it was, so I had plenty of ex uh, spiritual experiences, which makes me realize that, oh my God, is this growth or you know, am I just way too stoic for my own good now? Like, what is it? Because I used to have, like, I lived in Saudi Arabia. So Mecca was 40 minutes away from us. And obviously, like, being able to go to God's house, which is Mecca and, and the Kaaba is there, like, go, being able to do that every other weekend when people spend their whole life savings to go and do that. That's a pillar of Islam. And I was able to, like, put on my abaya, have my pajamas underneath and, like, do it, like, 
on a Thursday after school. And then like, I was like, oh my God, like I'm so blessed. Like God has chosen me and like my family to put him so close to him. Every one of those visits was a spiritual experience. Every every time I'd heard the call to prayer and I truly felt it inside, whatever was going on my day, like I just stopped and like, I guess people would say it's like akin to, I don't know, a meditative feeling at the time or whatever, but I would totally be immersed in that. And I'd be like, this is the most comforting thing ever. So every little tenant wow. of Islam was spiritual to me in, in whatever way, um, because I was genuinely drawn to that. And now I'm just like, mm. oh my God, I'm just, uh, I'm so rational that it's like, yeah, there's nothing. The gin's that, got you. The gin's the got gin's me. Got you. They got yeah, me. And then, yeah. And that's why, that's why you got divorced. And that's why you made a YouTube channel. Yeah. And uh, now I go to concerts and just let out that spiritual thing, you know, like yeah. the music. Let me feel the music, drum and bass, or whatever yeah. it is. <laughs> my, my, when I interviewed, I interviewed um, my wife uh, Amy when we, uh, when, and she, uh, you know, about her journey out of religion as well, because um, she wasn't, she's not, she doesn't really care as much as I care about. Like she just kind of like shrugs her shoulders and goes, "Okay, that's I don't believe anymore, or whatever." But um, she said that she gets the same feelings that she used to get in church she said the exact same feelings she used to get in church she get at a musical seeing like wicked or oh wow um, yeah 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 so yeah so and i was like wow that's, and that's, that's what i mean exactly and that's beautiful right because I, I again this was part of my existential crisis where i was like well those things are not going to hold any meaning i have no spiritual connection in my life like i've got nothing that's like transcends the ordinary you know something you can really mm. But that's not true. And I think we need to push back against the, the idea that religion has a monopoly on these feelings and these experiences. Because I'm sorry, if you go to Amsterdam and you've eaten a space cookie, uh, sorry, space brownie or a cookie, whatever it may be, <laughs> and you've walked into, you've gone into a club where the music is so up your street, you're going to have what I can pretty much say oh. is the closest thing to a spiritual experience. You probably have yeah. bowing in a church or in a mosque or whatever. Like for me, I'm all about that like that that I, I have those experiences and it's wrong for religion to say only those can only religion can cause that neurological state mm. of being in my mind because i know how to artificially artificially manufacture that mate so don't worry yeah <laughs> we've got this <laughs> didn't richard dawkins write a book on this because he was like he got so um he got so angry at like maybe i'm uh, so, i have not read all of dawkins i must confess but yeah i think yeah, he must have for sure Oh, he's, he's kind of in the naughty list um, at the moment for online okay. <laughs> activists or something. Um, it's not Books to Furnish Life, but it's another one of his books. Um, oh, yes. Yeah, so books Furnish Life. Is it that in that one? Uh, yeah. Books. I've got books that on my bookshelf, actually. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, oh, geez. This is, this is really great radio. But anyway. The, the the magic of reality I, I don't know I don't um, know sorry I'm I'm, yeah. I'm a little bit intoxicated but um <laughs> last question no sorry yes. last serious question I got a fun question okay. what is the most plausibly true religion that you don't believe in as an atheist oh that's really good the most plausibly true well jokes that you're putting plausibility and like <laughs> mass well, organized religion yeah like uh, yeah Ooh, yeah like, I, I, I I don't know enough about it, but like I think something like along the lines of it's not even a religion, maybe I don't know. But I would I would start with like maybe Taoism or just the philosophy of Confucianism would be slightly mm. more plausible to me than something as like 
dogmatic as any of the Abrahamic faiths. For example, the creation yeah. story just, I'm like, this is absolute child nonsense, mate. Like a garden of Eden, <laughs> a talking snake, Eve crew. Of course you commit the sin. That's why women have childbirth. Get out of here. Get out of here. Like this is, and then incest was like the tool to populate the earth. And then God still <laughs> got sick of it. And then Noah's family was the, like, what's going on here? This is a joke. Like, yeah. But yeah, I think, I think some of the more subtle, religious philosophies which might not be as mm. obviously organized as the religion are a little bit more appealing just because i think they require a bit more intellectual groundwork mm -hmm. as opposed to having all your thinking already done for you so mm -hmm. i just appreciate that more and i feel like concepts like i'm i know buddhism again i'm not vouching for it and i don't agree with it at all but there are some elements which did take my fancy at some points because even as in islam i'd always dabble i, I thought even sunni islam was too rigid for me i'm a very mm. chilled out person i really am like i'm very much like live and let live um mm. and I, ex I i expect people to res like respect me being able to do that as well whereas islam is like how many stones did you wipe your bum with today and like you know very like it's so rigid like you're like what is this god on like chill out smoke a j god relax like you really need to just calm down pipe down smoke, smoke a j god relax that's got to be the quote of the stream um, just relax yeah. yourself yes yeah, so. i know i know it's like why is he so angry at like things that don't seem honestly like, allah angry? if you could invite yeah. allah to your deep drinks podcast david i think you might you might allah might become next muslim by the end of chatting what, to you <laughs> what would he drink what would he drink though what would be his choice do you milk and honey because that's what's oh and and uh, wine that doesn't get you drunk is what's in islamic heaven so don't three uh, okay. don't, don't, those three things tickle your fancy david doesn't, yeah it doesn't really <laughs> doesn't really sound like heaven um doesn't, not right? wine. No. Not um, what's the point <laughs> I, I think they might uh, even say oh it might be alcoholic but it gives you no hangover so that how god is how great is god oh yeah that's 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 nice um paracetamol kind of works as well <laughs> yeah exactly sure. um uh last and this is kind of a bonus last question um yeah. but um i I, really, I could keep chatting about ages we should do this again or i'll come onto your channel like it'd be really great to see in for sure but, i'd love that um if you could choose an afterlife right and it mm. would become immediately true which afterlife would you choose? And this includes like, you know, all the classic heaven and hell ones of every religion it includes reincarnation, it includes um, all of it. The, the Egyptian religion, um, mm. their afterlife, the, the Norse religion afterlife where, you know, I think the Vikings were, you know, you'd, you would, um, you would all feast and then you'd have a battle until everyone's dead. And the next morning you'd wake up and do the same thing. We you'd have a huge feast with beer and wine, and then you'd kill each other again, like every day, over and over and over again. They would just oh, battle gosh. and then and die and then battle, eat and die, drink what, beer. For and eternity, die. Yeah. Like infinitely. Yeah, they loved it. Yeah, they just love the, the, the glory. Yeah. We are men, we I eat, we feast, and we kill <laughs> every <Yeah>. day. <laughs> Yeah. Well, no, I, I'm, I'm definitely, I, I would pop in and join the Vikings on their feast for sure. I'd absolutely <laughs> love that. I definitely I got pop a, in. <laughs> I don't, I, fact, someone fact checking on that because I don't know if that's actually true. I just heard that, but yeah. I mean, it's, it sounds luscious. And I think if I'm not mistaken that their hell is quite like frosty and just like endless, like just cold, which is, again, this really helped me like get out of the mindset that 
that hell was even like a real thing because the Islamic one was mm. so polar opposite and it's like desert and scorching heat and like being roasted and toasted alive. So I'm like, wow, they've got a compulsion with heat and these lot have a mad fear of cold or makes sense geographically yeah. speaking. But um, yeah, I think uh, I definitely joined the Vikings. I'd feast, I'd, I'd drink a couple of uh, pints with them and they're very sick. What do they call it? Skull, they would say. Skull yeah. to the Vikings. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah we'd uh i i'd live it up there i think i'd i think the concept of reincarnation is quite appealing because being stagnated in an islamic or like christian heaven for eternity seems a bit depressing Isl- not, islamic yeah. heaven is like mate i want to tap out like that's just it's a it's it's like a see-through brothel with like the weirdest spe- like i i don't want to be part of that like that's not even heaven to me that's like my definition of a warped hell that some mad desert yeah. bedouin like hallucinatory like like you you imagine an oasis and this is your like deepest darkest fantasy coming to life and it's just been there as islamic heaven uh but reincarnation sounds cool i've always been interested like that sounds cool right because you could you it's like you get another go and if you if if you're not reincarnated to be something terrible because you've done like bad karma or whatever like i don't want to be so I always think like, what would I want to be? A bird would be so cool just because I want to experience the sensation of being able to fly. But mm. then I would think my worst creature on earth right now, like my my biggest phobia is like crocodiles. But I was like, if I was to be really? reincarnated as a crocodile, yeah. But imagine if they could speak. They've been around since like the dinosaurs. They were able yeah. to like turn their breathing inside out and just go under the water. Mate, if they could tell us about what Earth was like back then, I'm like, that's power. If knowledge, knowledge is power, they've got it. <laughs> but yeah, have so you, maybe have, maybe something like that. Have you, um, have you heard of Bo Greaves? No, I actually haven't. So um, he's, uh, I've actually met him. Um, I drove him around, but um, he's an Australian guy. He's crazy. You should yeah. never, ever, 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 no one should ever do this. He, like, he risked his life way more than anything else, but um, he loves crocodiles. And so he goes swimming with them with saltwater crocs. And Oh, my goodness. Th- th- we didn't even know this was possible. Um, He's like, is he braver than like Steve Irwin was with crocs? Way, way more brave. Like he would, Stephen would never get in that close to a croc, a saltwater croc. Oh that my this, goodness! It is it is unbelievable that he's not dead. Like he actually got fined a lot of money for um, picking up these crocs, like ten grand or something. Oh my Just, days! Okay, and he's yeah. never been like hurt or injured by doing this. Oh, uh, I think he's been hurt, but I don't know if he's ever been like had his arm. He's hasn't had his arm bitten off or anything like that. Um, mm, but yeah, okay. that's it's so so dangerous. Um, yeah, but yeah, I um. And just quickly, as we wrap up, sure. um, I um, you mentioned hell before. We have um, I did a Hellcast panel where myself, some PhDs um, in Assyriology and Hebrew Bible, Old Testament, and some other content creators did a Hellcast on my main channel. So um, on my main channel is YouTube.com/slash/DavidMcDonaldYT, and we did a, uh, a kind of like a, a panel deconstructing hell. Um, so yeah, that That's was awesome. um, really good. Yeah, and we talked about hell's history. We talked about um, like how to get over the fear. Talked about like what happens if you still got fear and, and things. So if you're if you're if you're struggling with that, um, you can go check that out, and that might be able to help you. But um, Nuria, my thank oh, you sorry, s- David, I'm sorry. My, yeah. my only thing was when people ask me now, like, oh, do you not fear hell? Like, and, and how did you go over that? And I just say to them that it's really hard to fear something that's like doesn't exist. 
it is literally like a figment of someone's imagination so it's yeah. kind of hard to be scared of that when it's like non-existent but that's only because yeah. i'm at where i'm at now but yeah i completely get you yeah, and yeah as i said you're doing amazing stuff so Oh, thank you so much. I, re I really appreciate it. And uh, it was great to see you popped up in um, the comments the other day. I th and yeah, it was just great. Um, thank you so much. Thank you so much for coming on, Nuria. And um, thank you for coming with Deep Drinks. I'm well drunk and going to have a great sleep after this. Um, yes. So thank you so much. <laughs> uh, I look yeah, forward to coming no, on your likewise. channel. Thank you. People, make sure you go subscribe so you can go say hello to me um, over there when I come on um, shortly and check out her other videos as well. And Nuria, thank you for coming on Deep Drinks Podcast. Um, I don't know how to sign this off, but cheers. Cheers. Thank you so much. And I'll see you again on my channel. And let's carry this on. Round yeah, two awesome. on me. <laughs> oh, awesome. <laughs>